Welcome to a bonus episode of Confidently Wrong. In this special show, we'll be breaking down some of the most intriguing offseason moves in the NBA. Let's just get right to it. What day is it? It's November 24th at 6.44 p.m. Uh, Central Time, so 7.44 Eastern Time. That's important because there might be more bombshells on the way. But we're going to transition into NBA news. Um, three of us are are big into the NBA um, and so we wanted to talk about that because the NBA has just had a crazy avalanche of movement, of news, of things happening in the offseason. It's been silly season, uh, ext- just to the max. Uh, so there was trading period. The trading period opened. Then there was the draft. And then there was free agency. Um, I think mostly we're probably going to focus on free agency because that's probably where most of the like impact on the actual teams is going to happen. Um so there's been a ton of moves. I'll kind of read off some of what there, what has happened in the past uh, two weeks. So CP3, Chris Paul um, gets traded to Phoenix. Um, Clay tears his Achilles uh, and greatly reduces uh, Golden State's chance of challenging for a title. The Lakers pulled off a huge suite of moves. Um, Houston has Westbrook and Harden still with them, but there's been tons of rumors about them needing to be traded or wanting out. Uh, OKC just seems to be determined to, uh, as no dunk said, determined to have the only roster with no players and just (laughs) filled with picks. Um, (laughs) there's been big paydays for a number of players. Um, Joe Harris, Davis Bertans, Gallinari, uh, Jason Tatum, Donovan Mitchell, Gordon Hayward, Fred Van Vliet picked up a pretty big contract. De'Aaron Fox, Brandon Ingram, all those guys picked up their rookie extensions. Bam out of bio. Yeah, bam out of bio. Yeah. He just signed this afternoon. So, and and they're picking up, I mean, those guys, since this is their first deal, they're still maxing out at like 30 a year, a little bit more than that. It's crazy. Um, And then the big mark, the big man market actually this year was surprisingly strong. In the past few years, it's been pretty depressed. Um, guys are making generally minimums if they're a center in the NBA. And this year, uh, a bunch of guys made over nine mil a year on their contracts. So that's Montrez Harrell, uh, Serge Ibaka, Tristan Thompson, Paul Millsap, Jay Crowder, Jakob Pertl, Jeremy Grant, Marcus Morris, Christian Wood, Derek Favors, Myers Leonard, Dario Saric. That's a that's a lot of big men who are kind of just average big men, and they're pulling in nine mil a year, which is uh, like one eleventh maybe of the salary cap. Um, so pretty pretty interesting that that the big man market kind of was a little bit stronger this year than anticipated. Um, I think frankly because the Lakers were so good and had two big guys or three big guys on their roster, and other teams saw like you actually do need big men to like counter the Joel Embiid's, the Anthony Davises, um, the Dwight Howards, and Jokic's out there, um, Rudy Gobert even right. So you just kind of need a big on your roster, and and they're willing to pay for it this year. The first question goes to Brian. Uh, which move are you most excited for? Um, and it doesn't have to be the ones I named out, but what, what's what's kind of on your plate on that one, or on your radar? Well, you know, the moves that I'm excited for are the moves that nobody else really is excited for, except if you live in the tri-state New York City area. Ooh, it's fair. the fact that the New York Knicks unloaded a lot of players. And cleared out $40 million in cash. Is this a good thing? This is a great thing because, because, you know, they just had a lot of worthless players. Or not worthless, but... (laughs) That was an awful, that was a poorly constructed roster. Players that you don't, like, you're not going to build a team around. You're not going to build a future franchise out of. 
players that are kind of middling, a little bit expensive, and create a logjam at certain positions. Julius Randle? Uh, yeah, <laughs> and they, I mean, they drafted at number eight, Obi Toppin, who's a power forward. So they, you know, they let go of some other players that were duplicative. Uh, and they're, you know, they're actually trying to make room for maybe another, maybe a decent signing this year. Actually, that that probably won't happen now that Gordon Hayward signed with the the Hornets. Uh, but it, I don't know, Giannis twenty twenty one. It's room exactly, exactly. They're they're laying groundwork for twenty twenty one. They're committing more to their young players, which has been something they have not been <laughs> doing at all for the past several seasons. You know, even though they they might get a decent draft pick here and there, they're not giving them the room to grow and not giving them the minutes to develop. There's um, a rumor Giannis is going to the Knicks. Uh, Giannis, Giannis, May, excuse me. Uh, I mean, it's it's a pie in the sky dream next year, it isn't? And and this is a question from someone that doesn't know a lot about basketball. Every time there's like someone that's potentially like a big player that's going to be a free agent, isn't there always a rumor they might go to the Knicks? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Because you know, all of New York media wants it to happen, <laughs> but just by wanting it doesn't mean it's gonna ma- it's going to make it happen. And the, and um, the idea that but, people want to play in Madison Square Garden in front of the big crowds and the glitz and glamour of New York lifestyle. Just the, the last time I went to hey Madison players Square love Garden, playing out there. A guy came up to me and asked me to for a cigarette, and I was like, uh, he was, I was like, uh, uh, and he was like, only if it's menthol. And I was like, okay, sorry. New York. <laughs> great. That's a great garden memory. I love the garden. I got to see one game there. It was Lakers versus Knicks. I don't know, maybe 15 years ago or something. And this is like the Jordan Farmar Lakers. Uh, they weren't very good. But um, it was a phenomenal experience. The The game got close. I think the Lakers had a big lead and the game got close. And that crowd lit up. They were so pumped and it was so loud in there. Um, what a raucous event. The real uh, offseason moves, aside from my hometown team, uh, that I'm interested in. I mean, definitely Chris Paul to the Suns. It, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty obvious. But also the moves that Philly has been making. Mm-hmm. You know, first, first they get Maury. From the Rockets, who who resigned saying he was gonna take time away to be <laughs> with not. his family, uh, instead went to another contender and then and then got D'Antoni to join him over there and then and then now they, they no signed, Antoni's uh, in Brooklyn Dan excuse me in, in the Nets yeah that not D'Antoni um, Doc Rivers Doc Rivers excuse me that's who it was Doc Rivers and then now they they've signed Dwight they've signed. Uh, Seth Curry. Mm-hmm. I, they I, traded for Seth Curry and they traded for Danny Green. And Danny Green. So yeah. like they're I think they've they've really strengthened their roster. Uh and are continuing to put their chips forward to try to really win now while they can with Embiid. Um it'll be interesting to see what happens ultimately with Ben Simmons, whether or not he sticks around. Um, but I think they're they're a very interesting wrinkle. Uh, in the Eastern Conference. Um, and, and yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with them. 
Yeah, that roster makes way more sense Oof. if you're going to put a couple of shooters around them now just because Ben and, and Joel just aren't going to be distance shooters, right? And Ben doesn't even shoot like mid-range. He's like, I'm going to be eight feet and in, and that's it. So, yeah, I think that makes way more sense to have Danny Green and, and especially Seth Curry, right, who can shoot on the move coming off of picks. Like, teams are going to have to pay attention to him. And so he's going to open up room for Embiid and Simmons. I am still skeptical, man. Like, there's something wrong with that locker room, it feels like. And given Doc's experience in in L.A., I'm not sure he's necessarily, like, sewing locker rooms together and, and having everybody buy in the way that that it needs to. Um, it really feels now like, you know, after whatever, eight years or whatever in, in L.A., that his success with Boston was a lot due to Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce being Ooh. able to manhandle that that locker room together. And, you know, I'm not their biggest fan. I'm not a, a Celtics fan at all. Of course. But, you know, but that. <laughs> yeah, this is a biased take. <laughs> Honestly. Yeah, but that kind of feels the way it is, right? Like you're not into Ubuntu. Come on. <laughs> yeah. He never got I mean, he never got Chris Paul and and Blake and DeAndre all on the same page, you know, and and this recent year like obviously they still had some trust issues going on. So, it yeah, I mean that I don't know. I'm I'm not super sold on Philly this year. It almost feels like they're they're making a lot of moves, but, but like don't, you know, that John Wooden quote about don't, you know, mistake activity for achievement kind of feels like that could be happening here but like you said we'll see um on I paper mean, it seems much better i think that's true of all the free agency moves thus far they're yeah people are trying to shake things up but they're they're not putting themselves in a position to actually dethrone the lakers at the moment you work with you got and then you hope things break in your favor for sure like that's what a lot of teams do. that's what toronto did like toronto just they were never going to beat LeBron, but they stayed competitive, worked with their favor, did what they could. And when the window opened up, they did it. And that's how they won. You know, like that's what, that's what a lot of teams are doing. You might not like the pick, but there's no, there's only so much money and so many players. So you work with, you play the field. Savon, are you, uh, are you excited for any of the moves that were made? Yeah. Brian and I actually have a lot of similar like feelings. Uh, I'm a don't big, tell me you're a Knicks fan. God, no. No, that's like <laughs> literally everything else but the Knicks part. So, like, I'm a huge Chris Paul fan, so I'm just excited to see what he does in Phoenix. Um, Woo, him and Booker. Uh, yeah, I think Devin Booker is, like, an elite scorer. He can get a bucket. Like, truly, he's very talented. He can, and unlike a lot of other, like, elite scorers, he can effectively, and I think wants to play off ball. And Chris Paul is the perfect person to maximize that. So that just unlocks your game more, like... Now you're not the only person on the floor who's competent with the ball in your hand. And unlike Rubio, you know, Chris Paul can, like, get buckets. Uh, I think DeAndre Ayton's – I'm not a huge DeAndre Ayton fan, but I think Chris Paul is going to help unlock his game to another level because Chris Paul makes everyone around him better. Like, say what you want. I, I, I So I'm excited to see Phoenix. I don't expect them to win it, but I expect them to, like, be a scrappy – like, I can see them hitting up a little 8-7 seed. I can see him hitting a seven AC, something like that, and giving somebody a run. I don't see him kicking doors open, but it'll be fun. I'm a big Ben Simmons fan. Uh, I love his game. Like I like the idea of just a giant point guard who just smothers you in defense and like is an elite playmaker. Like the lack of shooting is like, yeah, okay, that sucks, but like there's lots of players who can't shoot, and he's elite at every like, damn near everything else. So. 
I think him and Joel absolutely can work. So, like, I think Doc. Yeah, but the problem is your I, best player can't be the guy who can't shoot. See, I don't agree with that. I think, uh, like, I think that I think I think you're. Tell me, tell me a championship team who had a great player who can't shoot. Honestly, this Lakers team. That Lakers team won off being good. Like shooting isn't why they won. They won because they played great. Not defense. three point shooting, but Anthony Davis was shooting like freaking seventy percent. LeBron James was shooting like sixty percent. Like they were shooting. Scoring. I don't know if I would call it shooting. Yeah, score. Davis he, took a lot he had of a shots game in the winning three, didn't he? Yeah, he did. but there's a difference between being someone who can shoot and being a shooter. Yeah. Like. Yeah, Anthony yeah, Davis sure. doesn't stretch. I'm not floor. saying I'm not saying you have to be a shooter, but you have to be able to shoot. That's what I'm saying, right? See, like I don't know that there's any championship that their best player couldn't shoot, right? So Kawhi, he can now shoot, right? Whoever, like all obviously all the Golden State teams, they had shooters. The Cavaliers, they can shoot, right? And LeBron, their best player, he could shoot. All the Miami Heat teams, you're you have Wade and and LeBron as their best players, they can shoot. You know, put it like this Tim Duncan can shoot put it like this the Sixers and I'm not even like a Sixer stand by any means but like I, use, I, yeah. I watch what I see the Sixers were a bounce Kawhi three away from damn near being in the NBA finals against a Warriors team that sure. was going to have massive injuries and like Jimmy Butler was their best shooter like I, there's issues with that Sixers team but they're also young like Mm-hmm. Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons are both super young, so it's not like, oh, they're in their late 20s. What are you doing? It's like, look, get them together, put some shooters, let them grow. Like, I'm patient when it comes to teams with young players getting to the... Like, I'm patient with Boston. I don't even like Boston, but they're young, so, you know, let them get better. But, <clears throat> and then, um, and I say this as, like, a, a LeBron fan and a Laker hater... Them Laker moves, are, <laughs> them Laker moves are interesting, bro. I'm a big Mark Gasol fan. I'm always a fan of just smart IQ players, and I think the Lakers have just objectively upgraded at every position. And that's like, I might not like them, but ooh, it's gonna be real hard for the for the people who. LeBron about to make that goat conversation real interesting because uh, <laughs> he's lined up to get him another one, barring barring injury, barring you know health issues on their squad. Like they have the best team in the league right now, and. I don't think anyone's better than Anthony Davis and LeBron James right now. Yeah, it's it's tough, right? I mean, so I want to talk about the Lakers, obviously, because I'm just a huge Lakers fan. So I've been watching these like dominoes fall since the draft. So the Lakers didn't have any draft picks, so we didn't have to pay attention to that. So I I didn't even watch it. Um, the yeah, they just traded all their picks to to every other team, right? Like, I mean, four of them I think went to New Orleans, or five of them went to New Orleans. It was absurd. Um, so let's talk about the Lakers, right? Going out, they lose Dwight Howard, free agency, Danny Green in a trade, JaVale in a trade. Uh, you're welcome, Brian. You can have JaVale. Uh, Rajon Rondo to, uh, free agency, Avery Bradley free agency. They, they release Quinn Cook. Uh, they probably will not re-sign J.R. Smith and Dion Waiters. And, uh, we'll see on Jared Dudley. He may or may not come back, right? But all those guys at the end, they didn't play that much, and so it's not a big deal. The big deal, obviously, is Dwight, Danny, JaVale, Rondo, and Bradley. Those guys all got significant time this year. Coming in, which is pretty exciting, Dennis Schroeder, Wesley Matthews, Marc Gasol, Montrezl Harrell, a couple other small guys, um, Alfonso McKinney, Jordan Bell, right? Resigning Markeith Morris, KCP, playoff contributors, 
that we assume AD is going to resign. Uh, that's that's been all the the talk so far. So we'll just pretend that that's true. Although there's you know five percent of me being worried right now that maybe he'll just jump ship or something. Wes, um, you forgot the still. most important player. Uh, Who's the most important player? What about Jared Smith? Are they resigning him? <laughs> no, I said that. I said that. I don't, I think he's probably going to not be resigned. Um, <laughs> I missed it. My bad. Oh uh, no, it's all right. Poor um, yeah, I mean he got to celebrate shirt off, Hennessy all the way. He's a two-time NBA champ now, right? So J.R. Smith doing it. Um, New York loves J.R. Smith. <laughs> do they really? Oh, yeah, they he's do. a legend. He's, he's awesome. He, no conscience, man. Just he'll pull it whenever, wherever, against whoever. doesn't matter. That guy is shooting the ball. Um, and then still, obviously, with the team, LeBron, Caruso, Kuzma, and some smaller uh, some smaller player um, playing time guys, Taylor Horton Tucker, Devontae K. Cook, um, probably uh, Giannis's brother. Uh, Costas. So the roster is going to have some continuity, right? Especially with LeBron, AD, Caruso, Kuzma, and KCP. They're going to have some new injection of players. Schroeder, Matthews, Marcus All, Montrezl Harrell. And I think overall, I'm just like, Savan said, I'm super pumped about what this can be. You know, I, I, I predictably, mm-hmm. I'm not going to like go all in on this. I, I think, I don't think there's a guarantee here, but you know, Palinka, the GM, has given the Lakers a genuine chance to repeat here. And w- they maintain that flexibility of style that they can play. So especially having a couple of different centers. So if you want some offensive firepower, you're playing Montrez Harrell a lot. If you want a little bit more defensive acumen and size, you're going Marcus All, right? Especially when you're going up against someone like Jokic. Uh, if, and, and he can space the floor, right? He can shoot. And then, you know, if you need a small ball five, maybe you're going Markeith Morris or obviously AD. Um, and so there's there's that shape-shifting flexibility that the Lakers maintain that really helped them this year. In terms of offense, Schrader and Harrell are, are um, huge, I don't know, upgrades the right word, but just they're going to be like they're upgrades. Some, some, some heat-seeking missiles, right? I mean, Harrell last year, 18 points a game, seven rebounds a game. His offensive rating is 119. So that just means like over 100 possessions, his team should score about 119 points. His defensive rating, which he's supposedly not a great defender, defender. you know, his defensive rating is 107, which isn't terrible. It's actually like that's a pretty good, you know, a decent mark. Uh, For comparison, LeBron is fairly similar. He was 118 offensive rating, 106 defensive rating last year. AD, though, like is 121 and 102. So he's got a 19 point net rating. And then like someone like Giannis, who, you know, defensive player of the year, his defensive rating was 97. So lower is better, right? Giannis is just an incredible defender just because of how much space and length that he has. Schroeder last year coming off the bench for most of the year, I believe 19 points a game, four assists a game, uh, had a career high 38% from three, uh, over 38% from three um, on almost eight attempts a game. So that's pretty good, right? Like he's a volume shooter. He's going to knock down a bunch of threes. Um, and then Wesley Matthews um, shot between 36 and 38% the past few years from three, uh, but 41% from the corner. So in terms of like shooting, now we have some guys who can hit from three. So you've got Gasol, Schroeder, and Matthews coming in who can all shoot, which obviously they'll they'll get that Lakers, uh, you know, down bump, unbump. So to speak, you know, they'll probably drop three or four or five percent because none of the Lakers can ever shoot from three. Um, but there's still going to be weapons that the the team can unleash. Um, just 
I don't know. I mean, I do think there's there's a lot to be excited for on the offensive end. I think what I'm worried about, right, is that the Lakers also had no minus defenders last year, uh, at least in the playoffs. Rondo was a minus defender all year um, until the playoffs. And they... It's because he gets selective effort, like... Yeah, but they had, I mean, they had nobody on that team that you could really pick on unless you were picking on their size. So KCP and Caruso are a little bit, a little bit smaller. A.V. Bradley also a little bit smaller. Um, and they never had a guy who was like a, a Kawhi stopper, right? Um, but they they lose some of that, right? Now you have Schroeder and Harrell. Schroeder's defensive numbers are are not good. Um, but you lose you lose the the you know Danny Green you lose Avery Bradley who have some defensive like acumen Rondo even right he's a former defensive you know all defensive player so I, I do think there's some weakness there and I'm worried that you know when you hang your hat on defense but you have guys who aren't defensive players you've you've really created a little bit of a pickle for yourself so we'll see if Vogel can cover that up uh, the defense is gonna be fine bro like like Dennis Schroeder doesn't have good defensive numbers but. When you get down to it, he's young, he's athletic, he gives effort. So that like that's half the battle. Like most minus most minus defenders, like most minus defenders are only bad defenders because there's no defensive scheme. So why are you gonna burn yourself out defending your man if there's no team scheme to play defense? So like if you got A D and LeBron who are holding down the defense who can clean up your mistakes, Dennis Schroeder is like he's not trash. He gives effort, he's not tiny, so he'll be fine. I don't think Montrezl is a good defender, but that's only because you can't ask him to do too much. But when you have Anthony Davis, you're not, you know, that he doesn't have to do as much. AD will protect the rim. He can kind of be the energy dude. So, like, a lot of their supposed minus defenders are still younger and more athletic than what they had before. And as long as you got a good defense around them to tell them, hey, rotate, do this, follow the scheme, and things will work, like, I think they'll be, Lakers, Lakers are good, man. And y'all got, and they got Marcus yeah, Gasol, who's like former defensive player. Like, they're defenders who elevate people around them, and you have multiple ones like LeBron, AD, and Gasol who will actively do that. Like, you can't have a bad defense with the three of them just existing. And I, I just don't know what to make of him. I think we'll have to see how he comes out if he's really old. He's he's my age. He's like thirty six. So we'll see if like you know I know me getting out of bed in the morning and he's he's got thousands of miles on him on hardwood like. He's probably feeling that every single morning. So um, I, I don't know what to make of him. I do think he could help defensively. And Zach Lowe's on the Gasol train for defensive, you know, Im- impact player. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know what to make of him. And he may just be like breaking case of emergency in the playoffs when we play Jokic and that's it. He better get on the LeBron training regimen, whatever it is. Get himself a, a cryo freezer to sleep in every <laughs> single night. Uh, eat eat the blood of of baby calves or whatever to keep him fresh. But he's definitely on the back end of his career. Uh, That's what Mike I mean. Does you every you night could tell, too, right? <laughs> you could tell in those uh, Toronto games. He's he is much slower than he used to be, and not the most effective player, especially playing with the young core that the Raptors had. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree any of that. Hopefully, on the Lakers, he's not being asked to do as much. Like you're playing with AD and LeBron, like. There's so much less work you have to do when you have those two just on the floor with you. Like, we could go out there and they could make us look better than we are. Just like, stand in the corner and shoot it. It's like, all right, cool, got you. Absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's 
let's wrap this up real quick. I think last thoughts. Um, are there any of these moves that you think push any of the teams actually closer to to getting a championship? Uh, like non-Laker moves. I mean, closer, yes, but does it get them into contention? Probably no. I mean, like for the Suns, for example, right? They're gonna, they should definitely make it into the playoffs, which yeah, is closer make they've them been. A championship contender. Yeah, they, they're closer than they've been in ages, but not really a contender. And so I don't, yeah, I don't really see any of these moves making too much headway into that that rarefied air. So who are your championship contenders? Mine is Lakers, Clippers, Nets, Bucks, uh, Celtics. And that's probably... Oh, and Heat. So it's six. A lot of parity. I mean, I think the Nets are still a big question mark. Um, of course, anything less than a finals appearance is going to feel like a failure for them. But we, we, we just don't really know what they're going to be yeah. like. Um, I would but say... I if you've got KD on your team, like you're, and, and now Ky- right, and Kyrie... You got to be in that conversation at least preseason. You're in that conversation, happening. but yeah, you know Kyrie is the real X factor there. I think, but de- definitely, you know, Celtics are probably going to get moderately better and always in contention. Um, I think the Sixers getting might get out of the East um, and the Heat, uh, but you know there might be a little bit of a, a sophomore hangover for them uh, post finals. Uh, post early finals birth, uh, but then of course it's you know in the West it's it's really about the LA teams uh, and whether or not they can run it back for the Lakers and for the Clippers, uh, you know, prove the haters wrong. I don't know. It might be the year of the Sacramento Kings. Just kidding. It's never their year. Um, and that's what makes Clay's injury so annoying, sad. Right? Like a great dude. But B, it, it's not that it takes them out of contention. It's just like, man, that team could have been really good this year, right? Having reloaded a little bit and having that year off um, where they didn't have to go pedal to the metal. Like, they could have come back real strong. And they still might. But you are just know they're, they're not firing on all cylinders. Yeah. Savan, did you you kind of agree with that list about the contenders for the championship so far this year? Uh, Based on what we know. Uh, Clippers, Lakers. I still have Denver. I'm very high on the Denver Nuggets. Mm. Um. They have players. They lost, so they lost Jeremy Grant and they lost Plumley. They picked up, they retained Millsap, um, and they got they got somebody else in there. I mean, there's just um, still moves and trades to be made, but I am high on their core. I respect the. I think they make smart decisions. So that's my teams out the West. Those are the big ones. Uh, out the East, I think Milwaukee, especially with Drew Holiday, could definitely make some noise. Uh, Miami. I mean, you saw what they did last year. Got to give them props. And Boston, I'm also very... Brooklyn's a big question mark for me as well because I very much fall into the camp of if you don't have a team around your players, I don't think you can seriously contend. And I just don't think that there's a real team around them that I think can compete at a high level. Like, really? I don't think stars win championships. I think Dinwiddie, I think teammates win. Dinwiddie's there. Uh, Joe Harris is coming back. They've still got Levert. I don't know if they're going to be able to play Levert that much with Kyrie, but you know, good insurance policy if Kyrie gets injured. Uh, they still have Jared Allen and DeAndre. Like that team still feels. I think that's a good. good. I think it's a good two K team. I think it's a good team on two K, <laughs> and I think 
in real life. Like, I mean, on to <laughs> Brian's point, Kyrie's a big X factor. And, like, your stars can't both be huge X factors and be comfortably think you're going to be a contender. Oh, I don't think KD. Like, KD's coming. Other like, than his injury. I want to see Eilish yeah. coming off Him the injury. Him as a player, not an X factor. He's going to dominate. And Karis LeVert and Dinwiddie playing without touching the ball as much. And it's going to go down drastically. Not even by a little bit but drastically that that's going to really impact their games especially their young players you know yeah um, for sure one one x x factor team not x factor team sleeper pick team Dallas Mavericks mm. Chris Stapps and Doncic are coming back and yeah i, I do think they're their belt. yeah yeah they're they're just going to continue to grow and, and be a solid team i think do you guys know if Josh Powell's um injury if he's going to be back this year I think that's his Dwight, name. Dwight Powell and Dwight Powell. No, I'm not sure. I know he totally ruptured his Achilles, was, but I'm not yeah. sure he's coming back. Okay, because like if he was back, I would be really excited about that, right? Like he's the dive man. Chris Apps is your pick and pop guy. Like you give those two to to Luca, and he will find one of them who's open all day long. Um, but losing Seth Curry, I think that's that's tough to replace his shooting. Um, so we'll see what they do there. They, I think they wanted that switch for defense, right? You bring in Josh Richardson, who's a little bit bigger, a little bit more defensive minded. We'll see. We'll see how that works out. Yeah, I, I like that sleeper pick. Dallas is going to be fun. I mean, Dallas is always fun to watch now that Luca's there. Must must see TV. Let's go ahead and call it there. I'm super pumped for the NBA season to begin again and to see if the Lakers really are the juggernaut um, that they appear to be, at least on paper or whether somebody new will be able to step up and dethrone them, take down the champs, so to speak. So that'll wrap up our special bonus episode. Uh, Remember, you can always find us on Twitter at confidently underscore pod. Same on Instagram at confidently underscore pod. Um, We'll be looking forward to our next show coming up in a couple of weeks. Thanks, guys. (laughs)